God empowers you to persevere. This one's really kind of stuck with me this week. Just really, really thought about perseverance and the responsibility we have to do that and how God really does empower us. I thought so much as we came into this homecoming and as we got ready for our, our, our fall festival tonight about that perseverance of this congregation of our church, of Christians. And by the way, before I forget, uh, Chilini's beer at 3.30, and Mavis, Moline, Maria, and Paul, Mavis, Moline, Maria, and Paul will be our judges. And guys, anybody that can come at 2 o'clock today to help set up tables would be greatly appreciated. Because why? Is that perseverance, we want to be involved in our community. See, in, in order for us to be able to persevere, we've got to continue to reach out. In order for us to be able to stay really as a solid congregation of Hartford Christian Church, we've got to be able and prepared to reach out to our community, to be there for them, and to continue to be a family. That church family... Remember this now as we start talking about some of that. A mighty oak tree, this comes from my friend Al, who's actually the soccer, girl soccer coach at Kentucky Christian University. A mighty oak tree is just a nut that refused to give up. Now think about that. Okay, this is not an oak, this isn't an acorn, this is a pecan. Some squirrel left it on my uh, porch for me. Uh, but you remember these big trees that sat over here? It started off with something just like this. Just this small. That's all it took. That's perseverance at its finest. To never give up. And to continue to grow. We're talking about church family, though. So many churches nowadays, many, have a specific uh, demograph that they reach out for. They play one type of music because that's what this specific demograph wants. More power to them. I, I'm not saying they're wrong, okay? But what I'm saying is whenever you are a community church, a church family, a family that has generations deep, we're going to have a blended service. I want to have even more contemporary songs. Don't get me wrong. I do. And if we have some, some clientele, some personnel, some guitar players, I'd love to add that. Absolutely. And I make no apologies for it. But you know what? We're also going to continue to have old hymns. If you go to a Thanksgiving dinner with your family, what do you have? Do you have just what you like on that table? Or do you have something that every member of your family likes and really enjoys? Well, that question's pretty easy, isn't it? Not maybe just with music. But when we look at also, we look at our Thanksgiving family tables, do we see just one age group? No, we see young to old. We see lifetime of encouragement. We see babies. Folks, that's what church family is all about. And I'm so proud that Hartford Christian Church started with just a little seed, just like the mighty oak that refused to give up. 111 years. That's how long Hartford Christian Church has stood. I say good job, Hartford Christian Church. Great work. Great work. 23 ministers. I'm the 23rd minister in 111 years. That's really good. I can tell you, there's a lot of churches that have been around for 111 years that have had about 110 preachers. But not hard for a Christian. Only 23. That family community church, I've said this before, you look at the churches that have those signs that say, we're not your grandma's church. 
I'm proud to say we are your grandma's church and your mom's and your sister's and your little girls and your dad's and your uncle's and your next door neighbor's. We're the community church. Thousands of people have been reached through this congregation for the glory of God, for Christ Jesus, in that 111 years. Just a brief history that I want to share with you. In late 1905, Hartford Christian Church, then called First Christian Church, gathered for the first time in a small room across town with borrowed seats. On Sunday, October 30th, 1911, exactly 105 years ago today, guess what happened? Hartford Christian Church met and dedicated their first permanent church building, which at the time had been the former Methodist Episcopalian Church, again, across town. Exactly 105 years ago today. Wow. Unfortunately, that church in 1937, September 24th, fired and destroyed the church building. And this is what we have left. These two emblems, from what you all told me. Is that correct? These two, these two things representing the Lord's Supper. That's the only thing left from that early congregation, that, that early church. See, fire destroyed the church building, but the church congregation was not destroyed. It persevered, not giving up, having to meet over in the Mason's Lodge for a while and then constructing a basement where the old building had set and meeting in that basement for years until June 3rd, 1951, when they rebuilt the brick church building over the existing basement where they had met for years. Then, 17 years later, on July 7th, 1968, the first service would happen right here in our current location. In 1981, we'd add the Fellowship Hall. And this is significant. In 1987, Beaverdam Christian Church would dissolve, and many, if not most, of the people from Beaverdam Christian Church would come here, combining the two. March 29th, uh, 1998, 12 years after, 1998, the Family Life Center would be dedicated in September 8, 2002, the first meeting right here in the expanded and remodeled auditorium. All things that were happening in the effort to do what? To reach people for Christ, to persevere, to say, we're going to be here in this community. This is where we are established. We are going to continue to reach out. And now the last three years, what have we seen? We've, we've purchased a parsonage connecting our properties. We've upgraded the fellowship hall, making it a, more of a presentation room if needed. We've purchased and demolished the property down on uh, 231 House, and future plans will be presented to you soon with that. And today, we will have our first fall festival reaching out to the community. Now, maybe it's not our first in 111 years, but the first since I've been here, reaching out to the community. Just one more thing. Why are we doing all this? Because we want to tell people about Jesus Christ. We want to have that opportunity. But all these things, got a lot of notes today. Bear with me. Here, hold this. It's getting in my way. That's a good catch. <laughs> All these things. Listen to this. Listen to these words. As much as we might like to stay in the past, time and life move on. A new day is dawning. A new horizon is appearing. Another century is here. New dreams must be dreamed. New opportunities must be seized. New breath must be breathed. New ideas must be conceived. New programs must be promoted. New hope must be imagined. New zeal must be energized. New heights must be climbed. New goals must be aspired. New devotion must be experienced. New victories must be won. 
However, one thing remains a constant, the preaching and teaching of God's holy word. The Bible will never change, but it will change men and women, boys and girls who believe it and live it as a roadmap for their lives. The power and promise of God's word gives us a reason to rejoice in the future. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That quote is from Brother Daryl Cordry on the 100th anniversary of this church. And those words still hold true. Because this church, I promise you one thing. We see so many things in the community from churches, from our, in, our, in our nation, from churches who water down the gospel message of God, his word. Who take this and they say, this isn't completely accurate. Who take this and they like to switch it up. And you know what, y'all? That's one thing I can promise you will not happen at Hartford Christian Church. That's just not going to happen while I'm here. That's just not going to happen while you're here. That's not going to happen because we are raising our kids up to make sure that that will not happen here. I'm so blessed to talk to Jason yesterday and, and just talking about some of this stuff and knowing that we can and will succeed here as a church congregation, reaching out to people, tell them about the word. Jason said, it sends chills up my spine. And I said, ooh, that's the Holy Spirit, I think, Right? Guys, that's something we got to have. we got to have that excitement. We've got to have that desire, that passion to know that we have a future that we can rejoice in here. 111 years with still a whole bunch to do. And don't ever underestimate that. We love our past. We celebrate it. We rejoice in it. But as we move forward, we don't just live off that. We've got work to do. And many, many might even say, I want to follow, I want to get on board, I want to be a part of this, but I've got baggage. I've got my own personal baggage. I've done bad things. I've got my own personal baggage. I, I think bad thoughts. I've got my own personal baggage of fill in the blank. I want to follow God, but I just can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And the fact is, when you choose to walk with Christ, there are two options for you, and only two options. Success or failure. You're going to choose success. That means I'm going to follow that path of righteousness. I'm going to do my best to follow Christ Jesus every step of the way. Are you going to choose failure and say, I'm not going to follow him, even if I say I am? It doesn't just come automatic. We've got to learn. We've got to trust. We've got to be fruitful. We've got to grow in our faith. And the good news is that God will empower us to persevere. But success or failure, neither one is easy. Neither one of them. So what are we going to do? We've got to continue to persist, to strive, despite discouragement. We've talked about encouragement today. But we have to be able to succeed, to, to, to strive, to persevere, despite discouragement. And folks, the world's going to throw discouragement at you. I got discouraged a couple times this week. If you tell me you've never been discouraged in your life, I'm going to say, wow, let me learn your secret. It's, it, it's easy. It happens. It happens. I've worried about this fall festival. And maybe shame on me for that. I've worried about it because we put a lot into it. We put a lot, we've talked about this since last spring when we started growing pumpkins. 
with one thing in mind, opening our doors to our community, making people comfortable here, wanting them to come in. That's why we're doing it in the parking lot, because studies say that people are more likely to come into your parking lot and get to know you and get to meet you than they are to come into your building. That's why I want it in the parking lot. That's why we've said it's going to be in the parking lot. And that's why we're going to do our best to let people feel comfortable coming in today. Because we, we want them. We want them here. Not so we can say, look, we're the biggest church in town. We're the biggest church in Ohio County. Guys, big deal. I don't know if you knew this or not, but Ohio County is not that big. It's not. We can have everybody from the entire county come to our church, and we're still not going to be the biggest church in the state. It's not about that. It's about telling people about Jesus. That's why I'm counting on you tonight. Every single one of you, I need you plugged in. If you're coming tonight, I promise you we can put you to work. And maybe that's just sitting there with people eating with them and smiling and talking and, and have a conversation and inviting them to church. Maybe that's setting the example by being friendly. Like Mark said in Sunday school this morning, love, to show our love. That's the responsibility that we have today. And I'm counting on you for it. Every single one of them, we've talked about actions, we've talked about attitude. Today is the day to put that into use, no matter what, no matter where you might be out here, no matter where. There's nothing to complain about tonight, period. There's nothing to complain about because we have a mission, and that mission is to set the example. People, we want them to come here, and if we have a good attitude and we show good actions and we're friendly today, the odds of people wanting to say, I wonder why they're so happy there at Hartford Christian Church have just gone up drastically. We've got to, we've got to persist and strive despite encouragement. Now I'm going to bust through some of this here a little bit today because, you know what, we've got a lot of work to do. So stick with me here. We know that despite these enemies, uh, despite that discouragement, we've got to, we've got to persevere. Enemies. Perseverance has enemies. Winston Churchill said, never give in, never give in, never, 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 in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in, except to convictions of honor. And Churchill went on at the end of that specific speech and said that they find ourselves in a position where I say that we can be sure that we have only to persevere to conquer. Of course, he was talking about his country during World War II. But you know what? I think the same holds true for us. But for us to persevere is not to just sit back. For us to persevere is not to make it about ourselves. For us to persevere is the actions, the attitude, the behavior that matches the beliefs. For us to persevere is setting the example to our community. For us to persevere is to do what Jesus has asked us to do, and that is live for him, follow him, and tell people about him. Can I get an amen? You see, folks, Satan wants you to fail. He wants, he'll do any means necessary for you to fail. He doesn't want you to see what Christ can and will do for you. 2 Corinthians is where we're going to be today. Uh, chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. That displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So what's this going to do? It's going to blind us to the light of Christ. Blindness to the light of Christ. That's what the devil wants to do to you. He wants you to not see the importance of community involvement. He wants you to not to be blinded 
to be blinded about the things that you can do, the opportunities that we have, that we will have, and that we currently have. Be blinded by that, that light. Folks, what we got to do instead is shine the light. 2 Corinthians goes on to talk about more enemies of perseverance in verses 8 through 9. This one you might recognize. Hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. There's a song about that. I'd like to sing it here someday. Hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, but not crushed, not in despair, not abandoned, not destroyed. Why? Because we have Jesus in our hearts. So what do we got now? Between my own baggage, whenever I'm saying I want to follow, I want to participate, but my own baggage and outside forces that hard presses, perplexes, persecute us and strike us down. It's hard to persevere. But you know, we've already said it. We'll say it again. We've got good news here at Hartford Christian Church. We like to say, yes, you can. Maybe it is hard, but yes, you can. Why? Because God gives you help. We're going to have help in that perseverance. See, God's desire is to love us. And we love him. That's what he wants. That's why he's given you free will. That's why he's given you choices that you yourself make. So you can choose him. God could easily, he's God. He could easily force every one of you to love him. But he doesn't want that. He wants you to love him because you know that he loves you. And because you know that he loves you so much, they sent his son. That's mercy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says this. Therefore, since God, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. What is this mercy? That undeserved love of Christ. Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. This isn't on your bulletin, but check this verse out. This is the words of the Lord said, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous. But those who know they are sinners, it's Christians. We know we have to have God's mercy. We know that through Christ Jesus, we do. You don't have to offer sacrifices. We don't have to, to, to pay money for forgiveness of our sins. It's one of the things that Martin Luther was fighting against 499 years ago. Indulgences. We know that we can go to God and say, Lord, please forgive me. Help me to follow you. Help and perseverance is knowing God's mercy, that undeserved love that we have from him. It's also that knowledge of his revealed divine word. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. That knowledge, that knowledge. So very, very important. We know that God empowers us through his spirit. We know that God empowers us through his scripture. But you know what the greatest revelation about God is? Love and forgiveness. Love and forgiveness. And how can you truly expect to succeed at love and forgiveness if you don't first accept the Lord? You can't. 
You won't. You've got to understand his mercy first. And you've got to understand to have faith, to have belief, and to have confidence in that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 through 14 will tell us that. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the other one, uh, that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. What are we talking about? Faith, belief, and confidence. Faith, belief, and confidence. See, we can't do this alone. Church family, so incredibly important. We can't do this alone. But we can with God. We can't do it alone because we need church family, but church family, we can't do it without God. That confidence that he will raise us to life like he promised, like he did with his son. So when we have those moments of despair, of discouragement, when we start to think, nobody cares. Or maybe you say, who even cares? I got news for you. He cares. So do not lose heart. And church, just confidently go forward with me now because we will persevere. Oh, we will not lose heart. Dr. Weatherly, a friend of mine who's a New Testament professor down at Johnson University, he shared a story uh, with me this past week when I was asking for some examples on perseverance. And uh, I pulled up my phone here, remember the names, I apologize. Uh, he was he was a young man in college. He'd gone to first, uh, was with a group from the college that went to First Christian Church in Springfield, Ohio, where John Wilson had been the preacher uh, for a long, long time. And here's this young man who, decades later, is a leading New Testament mind for the Christian church. And here he is going to this, this other church for whatever program was going on. And here's this other preacher who had been there for decades at that point. And the, the guy comes out. And he encourages him, and he talks to him, makes a point to speak to him. But then he says, I have to go, because I got a call today from a man who said he wanted to talk to me about being a Christian. And of course, that's great news. But then he added, and I've been praying for this day for 25 years. Folks, that's perseverance. So we have a fall festival today, and we reach out to our community and next week, the people that came to that fall festival that aren't part of our church, probably most of them won't come here. I would love to next week, everybody that's out in our parking lot today getting the pumpkins and all the bouncy houses and eating the chili, I would love for them all to be here next week, absolutely. Oh, I'd love it. But probably most of them won't be. So what are we doing? We're planting a seed. We're going to pray for them. Because we will persevere. Because just like this guy. Now think about this story. Because here's this guy talking about something that happened 30 years ago. Maybe 40 years ago. Something that he remembers. Something that stuck with him. About something that another preacher had said all those years ago. About someone that he had been preaching or praying about for 25 years. Folks, that's perseverance. So do not lose heart.
we got a lot of work to do. And folks, we're going to do it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18 would be our last verse. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. We need an inner renewal and focus. The rest of the verse. Uh, fix our eyes on what is seen, not as what, since, what, since what is seen is temporary, but is unseen is eternal. Oh, blanks there. Inward renewal and focus. That's what we know that we have to do as a congregation. Inward renewal and focus. Because we will maintain our focus for Christ. Martin Luther wrote the song, Almighty Fortress is Our God. I thought about that this week as I thought about some of the things that he had said, and I thought, God is our mighty fortress. And we rejoice in him. And we rejoice in our future with him. There's no reason to lose heart, because if God is for you, who can be against you? So I thought, you know what? We can. Yes, we can. We will. (laughs) Yeah, we will. We will succeed. We will be victorious. Because we will stay true to his word. Even if not another single person ever comes through these doors, but they will. We will stay true to his word. Why? Because God empowers you to persevere. Would you please pray with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we are presented here with today. We ask, Lord, that you will help us, that you will strengthen us, that you will help us to to show uh, our faith in you through our actions and our attitude, that you help our behavior to match our beliefs. Lord, Lord, help us to understand this opportunity, this responsibility uh, to our community for this outreach opportunity that we have. Lord, I ask a blessing upon our congregation right now. Lord, such a rich history here. And Lord, we we ask that you will continue to bless us uh, for uh, as many years as it may be until you decide to to finally come back and get us. And Lord, we anxiously await that day as well. Lord, we love you so very much. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.